Hi listeners, today I'm gonna be podcasting about freedom from sin. This is Princess Angel A. Castillo speaking. Make sure to listen to this podcast and to apply God's word in your life. Welcome to this new episode. Missing the mark. There may be some sins of which a man cannot speak, but there is no sin which the blood of Christ cannot wash away. Sin. It's a word that Christians don't like to mention because it makes us feel ashamed. We prefer to use words like struggle or mistake. What is sin? If you look at the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, the word for sin is hamartania, and it means to be mistaken. But the definition that most scholars use is to miss the mark, which refers to archery. If an arrow doesn't land in the center of a target or the ball say, the arrow has missed the mark. Sin is like that. The mark is the standard God gave us to follow. It's his perfect way. And we've all missed it according to Romans 3 verse 23. Not one single human can claim perfection. Whether we miss the mark by a little or a lot, it's a sin. Where did sin come from? Sin entered the world because of the first humans, Adam and Eve. In the Old Testament book of Genesis, we read that God told Adam and Eve that they could eat from any tree in the Garden of Eden except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Guess what? They ate from that tree. Because of that one act, all human beings are born with a depraved heart, and we sin the moment we have the ability to do so. We're all born with a sinful nature because of someone else's choices. Seems unfair, doesn't it? There is great news, however. Much like sin was brought into the world by one man, Adam, salvation came into the world by one man, Jesus. God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, we can have victory in our lives over sin. While we, won't, while we won't achieve perfection, we can make choices that will make our lives richer and fuller. Genesis 2 verse 1 to 25 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden 
eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted, and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. That is it which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. There is Bedalium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia, and the name of the third river is Hideko. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Genesis 3 verse 1 to 24 The Fall Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, 
and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For thus thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Romans 3 verse 23 For all have sinned, 
and come short of the glory of God. Why we sin and how we change. Though sin often brings immediate pleasure, it gives no lasting joy. Wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't sin anymore? We all do things we shouldn't do, but we don't have to live bound by sin. Before we learn how to bring about change in our lives, we need to understand why we keep committing the sins we do. Why do we keep sinning? Part of the answer is what we discussed in All humans are born with a sinful nature. Our flesh is strong and self-serving and it wants what it wants. We're susceptible to temptation and in turn, it's likely will sin. We have desires and appetites that want to be fed. So when temptation strikes, our flesh has such a difficult time saying no because it's weak. The Apostle Paul wrote that he doesn't understand why he does what he does, that he literally hated doing the things he did, but he kept doing them. And the things he wanted to do, he didn't do them. In such moments of weakness, our spiritual enemy is near. He tries to convince us that what we're doing is okay. You can be assured that if he is talking, lies are spewing. We live in a world where there is a spiritual battle going on, but he isn't stronger than us. With God in us, we have the power to conquer any temptation or force that comes against us. How do we stop sinning? The good news is we can improve in this area and not allow sin to hold us hostage. We have to choose things to strengthen us in order to overcome temptation and spiritual battles. We have to evaluate the kinds of situations we are putting ourselves in. We have to be mindful of the people we spend the most time with and recognize that the things we watch and listen to also influence us. Could the situations and people in our lives contribute to our poor choices that lead us down sinful paths? We have to be honest with ourselves if we ever want to find freedom. The more we say yes to the things of God, the less we will succumb to sin. We won't ever be perfect, but we can make choices and then trust God to carry us through the difficult circumstances we find ourselves in. He guarantees His strength to all to us in all things. Romans 7 verse 14 to 20 says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. 
Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. James 1 verse 12 to 14 Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Be sober, be vigilant. 1 John 1 verse 8-10 to 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. 1 John 3 verse 4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. 1 John 4 verse 4 Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Comparing sin Don't judge someone just because they sin differently than you. We've touched on what, is, what sin is, why we do it, and how to stop the cycle of sin. Today's topic is sure to challenge us because most people fall into the trap of comparing their sins to someone else's. Let's take lying as an example. Everyone has lied at some point in their lives. Some lies appear to be huge and bordering betrayal, while others are a little bit more on the no big deal side. We think that our small lie that doesn't seem to affect anyone is not that big of a deal. But the person who betrayed their spouse, well, that's a huge lie. And we smugly think, I'm so glad I'm not like him or her. This mindset is inaccurate and far from biblical. We read in Romans 3 verse 23, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. In essence, we've all missed the mark. Regardless if we miss it by a little or a lot, it does not measure up to God's perfection. This revelation isn't to shame us, it's to set us free. Free from the trap of looking around at others and thinking we are superior to them. If we're continually comparing ourselves with others, then the standard will always be a moving target. Some days we may feel like the best person on earth compared to someone else's actions, while on other days we're discouraged because someone is making better choices than we are. The standard or mark we must hold ourselves to is God's perfection. 
If we strive to follow Him and obey Him with our whole being, then we will get closer to His standard. This is a lifelong pursuit for the Christ follower. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, we will be more likely to want to better ourselves instead of looking around at others. Striving to follow and obey God has nothing to do with earning more of His love. God's love is already secure for the Christ follower. There isn't anything we can do to make Him love us more than He already does. But choosing to honor and follow Him even when it's difficult will result in the abundant life He promised to us while we exist on this earth. Matthew 7 verse 1 to 5 says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mouth that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mouth out of thine eye, and, behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mouth of out the mouth out of thy brother's eye. John ten verse ten says the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 3 Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Retaliating with Sin The time is always right to do the right thing. Revenge appeals to our flesh. We want to retaliate when someone's done something to hurt or offend us. We want to get back at them and show them what it feels like. So we say or do something to them, hoping we can experience some relief. Take a married couple, for example. One spouse does something to hurt the other. It could be something like hurtful words during a fight or it could be marital unfaithfulness. The other spouse has a choice in how they respond. They either show grace and forgive or they say the words or break the trust because it was done to them. Rarely do people feel better when they handle their own revenge. All it does is stir up an insatiable 
appetite for more revenge. When we allow someone else's sin against us to determine if we will sin back, we've given them power over our choices. The toxic cycle goes like this. Someone hurts us, we hurt them back with our sin. We sin against God, and then maybe the person is hurt. There's no guarantee that our retaliation will hurt the person we intended to hurt, but it will always go against our God. We think that stooping to the level of the person who hurt us is actually going to bring us comfort. It never does. And to make the entire situation worse, we know that God is not pleased and has called us to a higher standard. Instead of retaliating, what if we said to ourselves, I'm not going to retaliate because I don't want to sin against God. Let's allow our love and devotion to God to keep us from retaliating with more sin. Everyone has something they are going through at any given time in their lives. Things that cause us great pain, which in turn leads us to do things we didn't think we would do. Sometimes all we need to do is walk away, forgive, and pray for the person who hurt us. But for those whom we cherish and walk through life with, we can choose to empathize and show grace, for that will enlarge our hearts for the people God loves so deeply. Think of a time when you retaliated with more sin. Confess it and ask God to give you the strength to show grace next time. Matthew 5 verse 38 to 40 Ye have heard that it hath been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Ephesians 4 verse 32 says, And be ye kind to one to another, and tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. 1 Peter 3 verse 9 says, Not rendering evil for evil or willing for willing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Forgiven and free. The accuser says, Feel guilty and condemned for all the things the Most High has had to do for you. Deliberately refuse to listen to Him, because the more you listen, the more He'll say. No matter what you've heard in your past, we want to make sure you hear the truth in your present and future. There may be something coming to mind that makes you hate yourself. We all have those moments. Just simply confess it. Receive forgiveness and live free. It really is that simple. In fact, it's as easy as this prayer. 
Heavenly Father, I know that say what the room just did was wrong. Please forgive me for my sin. Help me turn from my sin and walk in the freedom you offer me. Many of us have a hard time forgiving ourselves. It could be that people in our lives continue to remind us because they haven't forgiven us. And there's nothing we can do when someone won't forgive us for hurting them. We can only do what we can do and pray that their hearts will soften. We also can't forget that our spiritual enemy comes at us with darts that are simply doubts. He whispers, did God really forgive you? And with that, cos- and with that question, doubts and concerns fill your mind because the last thing God wants is for you to feel forgiven and free. But you are forgiven and free. God has forgiven you for your past sins and He'll forgive you for your future sins. Stand on it. Jesus has gone before you. His death covered all sins and that means all of yours, all of everyone's sins. His sacrificial act on the cross settled this issue. As a Christ follower, you have forgiveness of sins abundant life on earth and eternal life in heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. He is your advocate. He is your advocate. Claim God's truth in 1 John 1 verse 9. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. All really does mean all. Do you tend to beat yourself up over your past sins? What is it that keeps you from accepting God's forgiveness? Write down one thing that you have asked God to forgive you for, but you keep holding on to it. Today, walk in freedom. Trust God's word that says he has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Romans 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 1 verse 8 to 9, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Last, 1 John 2 verse 1 to 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you will continue to listen on more coming episodes and learn more. Apply God's word in your life and follow Jesus. Share this podcast to anyone and be of good courage. Bye. Thanks.